0: back to another episode of Sports Waves. Paxton Richie here alongside Carl Winter. We've got a very special guest for this episode. Arthur Pooh is back. He started Sports Waves. How many years ago was that, man? How many years ago oh. did you start it?
1: Oh man. Uh yeah, it's like probably 2015. It's been a minute. It's
0: 2015. maybe even
1: 2014, 2014. It's been a very, very long time, but uh, you know. You,
0: yeah, so Arthur did this show for four years. Me and Arthur did it together for one out of those four years, and I've done it with Carl and Isaiah Evans, another great guy, for the three years since. We thought it'd be a great idea to bring Arthur back on the show. And uh, welcome him back and get his insight. So, Arthur, welcome back to Sportsways. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Hey, thanks again for having me on. Uh, you know, it's it feels it feels funny to, you know, be back, but I'm also very proud of you guys. You know, Paxton, I like I remember even like hopping onto the booth with you for the first year. And I was like, yeah. man, this is so funny to see how many guests we have and then also become hosts and to see the legacy continue to go on is amazing so but yeah you and Carl y'all are y'all are crushing it out there so shout out to you guys
2: yeah and i mentioned this to you before the show Arthur that we've never met in person but <laughs> i feel like i know you from having you know consumed your content from your time at pepperdine with the graphic and with sports waves and it's just interesting to see how far it's evolved you've definitely laid the groundwork for what we're doing now
1: i appreciate that yeah but you know pepperdine has given me so many tools to succeed when I was out there, you know, it's still great to see that it's helping you guys as well. The graphic is still doing amazing things. Uh, KWVS. Um,
0: I'm glad that that is continuing on. You, you talked about the first time we were in the booth together and that was, that was blue and orange madness. And I've done that with Carl a couple times since, but, uh, when we did it, I was like a month in, to my mm-hmm. freshman year of college, I'd never done any broadcasting before I was learning on the fly and on take one, we couldn't hear each other in our heads. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a terrible start, but like you, you were just so helpful in like working through it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot from you just in the one year that that we were here.
1: It's actually really funny. Cause I actually stumbled upon that photo from that first blue and orange madness like a few weeks ago. And I was like, man, I remember this. is This was when we were talking to, I think, then Pepperdine basketball coach uh, Marty Wilson. Yeah. And, yeah, it was like a screenshot of the video that they had posted, uh, the the Pepperdine, like, social media had posted. And I remember sending that to you immediately, like, the, the week the video had aired. And I was like, man, do you remember this? Like, this was, like, the very first time, like, we kind of sat in the booth and you like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't even this is kind of cool. So it's a good, it was, it was a fun memory. It was a fun memory for sure, but I'm glad to be able to work in the booth with you.
0: <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. You did, a, you did a lot of stuff while you're here at Pepperdine. You obviously uh, you started this podcast, you wrote for the graphic. Did you edit as well?
1: Yeah, I did. I did editing. Um, like I was like the editor, my final semester at Pepperdine. Um, so it was my second semester senior. Um, but I was like an assistant editor for two of those, uh four years and um a staff writer for parts of my first and second year so
0: and you you yeah. did stuff with uh genus too I think you were taking photos. Mm-hmm. You were it seems like you were always doing something different, but you were always
1: <laughs> you know now I've like kinda of picked up photography as like a hobby. Like for a quick second in transition between when I was out of school to maybe last year, um yeah photography and videography was like Uh, my job so like but I learned a lot of things just by picking up a camera with the graphic and kind of really just start from there you know they tell so much of the story and as journalists that's really all you you can ask for
0: what is your either favorite or just most memorable event that you covered while you were at Pepperdine as a journalist oh man oh man
1: (laughs) there's so many great memories that you know, I've had at Pepperdine, especially the four years there. Blue and Orange Madness is always a very special one. Just being able to see everybody come together and celebrate Pepperdine, you know, basketball, um, sports, uh, the student body, um, you know, music and dance. Just everyone collectively as a whole just coming together. It didn't matter which organization you were part of. You just, hey, you know, you're a student. I'm, I'm a student. We all Pepperdine alumni or, you know, student, current students, we all come together. We enjoy it together and uh, really kick off the basketball season really well. But just getting that energy, those four years, you know, I've had amazing people to work with during that time. You, of course, my final year was a great send <laughs> Um, But, you know, being able to work with other guys like Sam Ravitch, um, you know, Olivia, it was just such a blessing. Being
0: able to learn from some of the best. What are some of your favorite memories of working with those guys on on the graphic desk?
1: Oh wow, uh Jackson! Shout out Jackson. He was one of my. Yeah, he was, and,
0: yeah Jackson. We gotta give a shout out to yeah. Jackson because he was the first co-host of this, right?
1: Yeah, he or he was yeah. uh, he was the second one. He joined. On, so our very first one was his name was Matt Matt Cranmer. He was a huge Angels fan. Um, he was. He was my co-host for my freshman year, and then he was parts. He kind of helped out with it. The second year, Jackson took over for two years, and then we had you, we Duncan, and Jeremiah.
2: Just because I'm the sports editor of the graphic now, and was just kind of I wanted to ask you your advice if you were in my position because we're going throughout the, the semester with no games to cover. There are no game stories. <laughs> so, with with your experience as an editor and a content creator and a producer when a season is in the off season or right now we're in this long COVID off season, what do you look for in sports? What stories can you cover? Like profiles, features, how would you go about it if you were, if you were in our position?
1: Yeah, definitely. It is a very uh, tough time to be able to try and come up with content, especially like a long, long off season. But I think what you guys are doing at the graphic is amazing. What you guys are doing, you know, just especially with being able to do this podcast. Um, Y'all have gotten a few great guys on the show. Shout out my boy Austin Hall. Um, y'all got a few weeks ago <laughs> but in terms of stories for me working right now and like for the first like month or two we were just like man what did what do we talk about like it's pretty much different day same stuff happening over and over again uh, especially in the professional news but some of the things that we kind of looked into were like deep diving into you know on this day what happened it's like oh it's this day in Pepperdine sports history so and so broke this uh, school record or something. You know, you like you like you guys mentioned, um, features player profiles are always a great one. You know, it's kind of good to kind of see where um, athletes are in their training during this long offseason. It's like, hey, you know, what are some of your goals during this time? You know, you're working to try and get some shots up, work on your three-point game, and also just like kind of, say, hey, how are you staying cool during the pandemic and whatnot? Playing video games, you watching movies, you're working on a uh, music, you know, stuff like that. But there's a lot of good things to uh, try and find. You know, there's always a story, and that's one thing that you know, being a part of the graphic has taught. It, <laughs> there's always going to be a story if you uh, if you look into it. So, but yeah, y'all y'all continue to do a great job. You know, despite the pandemic, you know, really digging into into stories and really getting a lot of people hyped up with the podcast.
0: So yeah, I mean, with this podcast, obviously, how Zoom has entered our lives, uh, just kind of like enabled us to keep this going. But uh, when you came to Pepperdine, there wasn't anything like this. And uh, podcasts were were popular, but not nearly to the same level that they're at in 2020. So what went into the thought process for you to make this happen?
1: Yeah. So uh, Matt and I actually, when we first kind of came together, we met working with olivia and you know working in the journalism spaces we had a few communications classes together so I was like hey you know why don't we just link up we really like talking about sports and you know especially with our involvement with pepperdine athletics it's like hey you know why don't we just start looking for options that we can just kind of hang out chill talk about sports you know because <laughs> who wouldn't want, who wouldn't want that right so we reached out to kwvs because they had one of their first meetings um here's a bunch of info about the station um these are the type of shows that we have and we noticed that there wasn't a sports show so we we're just like no why don't we just give it a shot see where it takes us and yeah you know it was it was a lot of fun so we just brainstormed and i think matt came up with the sports waves name so it was really cool just to go into the studio every week and just talk sports, talk NFL, talk basketball, and also occasionally bring in the pepper uh, some Pepperdine figures, you know, and just talk about what's going on with the sports.
0: Didn't you guys, weren't you guys on Facebook Live for a little while?
1: Yeah, we were on Facebook Live for a long while, but that was when we started with Jackson. Our first year with Matt, we were pretty much just on the KWVS Airwaves, we transitioned to Facebook Live. We still also like post our episodes, and then our—I remember our last year—we posted a few episodes on the SoundCloud for the graphic.
0: They're still there, Arthur. Yeah, I know. I noticed they're still there, <laughs> they're still there. and I'm just
1: like, wow! Like, oh man, I, y'all use Spotify now, right?
0: Yeah, well, we're we're on both. Uh, we're on Spotify and SoundCloud, so we're mm-hmm. we're f- we're fully linked up with the graphic now. So their social mm-hmm. team uh, promotes us. We're very thankful for that.
1: I do have a question to ask you guys though, you know, doing sports waves now for as long as you guys have, you know, what has been your favorite part of it uh, being a part of the process and, you know, especially seeing how much it has changed, especially for you Paxton since, you know, you started doing it.
0: Yeah. I mean, just speaking for me, not in a negative way, but it's such a different vibe now than, Mm -hmm. than freshman year. I mean, my freshman year, we had four people. We had four <laughs> hosts. I I love all those guys, but I don't think I would have four hosts of a show again. It was just chaos sometimes. Now, and you know, we were just, we were literally just talking for hours, you know, because I did that too with, with Isaiah and then Isaiah and Carl for a little while. And uh, I think eventually what we had to realize is like, it was the most fun thing in the world for us to do. But we had to like make sure other people cared, you know, like mm-hmm. other people cared about uh our opinions and were engaging so i think I think for me, like it's always been fun to record and to you know like you said, what's better than talking sports with some friends, but I think this year, this semester honestly, has been really fulfilling for us to be living up to a weekly upload schedule on Spotify to have an athlete or you know, other Pepperdine guests every episode so that we still have the overall sports theme, but we're kind of tailoring every episode to, okay, we've got a water polo player, or we've got, mm-hmm. you know, a basketball player who can talk about the NBA finals, things like that. So, you know, we've gotten more, more fancy, we're editing it in post, we added music, you know, so versus just talking on the radio and calling it a day. So uh, I, I think this year's just been really fulfilling for me because I've had to work, I've had to work harder on this mm-hmm. than the previous couple years, but it's been really fulfilling. But I mean, that freshman year was so fun <laughs> with, with you and uh, <laughs> Jeremiah and Duncan. I mean, all those guys, you know, they all had like a distinct personality, and mm-hmm. uh, it was, yeah, it was just a blast.
1: I do gotta say the music choice been fire though for y'all. So appreciate it. Yeah, definitely got a good podcast feel.
2: Yeah, I'd say similar things that like it was super fun the way we did it. I did it with Isaiah and Paxton a lot last year, and we had some really random times that we got into the studio to record for K Waves. Um, and I like that even this year, even though it's not you know just two hours of talking live on the radio or an hour, whatever it might be, that we've still kept it pretty free flowing. Like we don't really plan out like chronologically what we're gonna do in each episode. Um that may be evident to people who listen, but uh (laughs) but it's nice that way because, you know, it's more of a conversation with the athletes we brought in between each other. We're not gonna like it's not formulaic. We try not to make it that way. Um so that's what I've liked that we've kept, even though you you know we've made it shorter and we've brought in guests more often. But I agree that like we've become more sophisticated and trying to tailor it to our audience more and the fact that we're doing the NFL picks in print in conjunction with it helps that we can refer to those I'm proud with you know the progress we made and how we're doing it differently this year with COVID and still being able to connect to athletes Um, and also just shout out to Paxton because he shoulders all of the dirty work when it comes to editing you know and writing the descriptions and such that's all him so I will not take any credit for that it's a good uh,
1: team effort for sure yeah
2: (laughs)
0: carl's still the editor of the sports section so it's Mm -hmm. not like he's not busy but um arthur i mean you're you're like a you're like a fairly i think you're a fairly organized guy at least from from what i i i I
1: hope i i like to think i am yeah yeah i was gonna say whether you feel that way or
0: not i certainly think you are and when we started my freshman year you had a full outline for every episode that we did. And you wanted us to meet beforehand and, and plan out the things, the talking points, if we were going to do like a segment or something. And I think with, with me, Duncan and Jeremiah, that lasted about three weeks before we were just showing (laughs) up two minutes before and going off the top of our heads. Like you, you, you were like, you like had all this, like, meticulous planning for how to structure it like a real show. And we're like, oh, we're just going to show up and talk.
1: <laughs> I mean, too there on there, right? Like, you know, y'all still made a great show, you know, just like already it's like, all right, we're just bring put me in. Like, I ain't, I don't even need to stretch, you know, just put me in the game coach. Like we're ready to talk. We're ready to go. <laughs> y'all handled it well. So
0: you've done a lot since leaving Pepperdine. You're at ESPN now, right? Mm -hmm.
1: currently at ESPN
0: congratulations you're out in Bristol at HQ
1: yes sir yep Um, it's it's getting real cold out here so you know it's like even though it's been like a year I'm still not used to winters so I'm like man I'm like freezing (laughs) so (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, just talk a little bit about how you got that job what it was like uh, applying for it and looking for it and also just tell us what you do what your duties are
1: yeah, so uh, I'll start off with kind of what I did following immediately after Pepperdine. So, um, coming out of Pepperdine, I was a, a freelance videographer and ph- uh, photographer, and you know, just going to a lot of sports events out in LA or the greater LA area, um, mainly covering high school sports. So, you know, I'd be doing a little bit of play-by-play with an organization called Baller TV. Uh, I actually had did an internship the year prior, the summer prior, and built some connections there, and then. You know, the following year after I graduated, they, they wanted me to do some more events. Uh, so I uh, ended up doing some. And then also f- filmed for Overtime, the, uh, the other media company for, uh, focusing on high school sports. Um, you know, L.A. just got a lot of great high school basketball talent. So they were always sending me here and there to a lot of different games, to a lot of local gyms. I covered a um, high school Division three team or division four team. And then they got promoted to division one when I left to be able to see them win a a state title in their first year uh, playing together was amazing to see. Did a lot outside of sports, kind of did a little bit of freelance as well. So, you know, doing graphic design. Um, I ran a Instagram sports account centered around the NBA, just talking about like stats and news. And yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It was just fun to talk about basketball, you know, on a global scale, too. You know, I had people are sending me DMs from, like, Slovenia. And they're like, hey, you know, how do you feel about this player? You know, I'm a Lakers fan from out here, too. That's so cool that you're, you know. It just goes to show how, like, sports, no matter where you go, sports brings you together. And then to get where I'm now, like, when my when I was a freshman, uh, the sports editor that uh, – my sports editor, her name is uh, Elisa Suji, She's actually at ESPN now. She works on the social department. So um, she saw a job opening for the social department. She was like, hey, uh, this was around maybe August of last year, September of last year. She's like, hey, I think you should apply for this. At that point, I was still doing a lot of freelance. so I was like, you know, let's try applying for it. And so I applied for it and ended up uh, joining the staff in december and moving out here to bristol and i'm currently working with the uh, the quibi espn quibi department so producing a a recap segment every night uh for them so yeah it's been a lot it's been a crazy journey but you know it really started from pepperdine you know helping me learn a lot of good skills meeting a lot of great people and uh you know i'm just blessed to be (laughs) at this position
0: as a as a producer uh that's not live so so what's your role as a producer when it's not a live cast are you are you editing after the fact or are you still on the floor when it's being filmed
1: yeah so we are a post-produced show when i first started when we first started producing episodes it was a seven minute uh show <laughs> and when it uh when the pandemic first hit it was just like a lot of like oh my gosh like there's like kind of like I mentioned, and we were kind of talked about not a lot of news going on. So we were just like, how do we fill seven minutes of a show? <laughs> so, but now it's five minutes. And a lot of it's just like top plays of the night, big game recaps. So it's like our last night's episode was, you know, Dodgers and Braves, a lot of football um, recaps, you know, Brady versus Rogers, that, that matchup, you know, Tua's debut, you know, a lot of the big storylines. And then, yeah, finishing with, uh, some like stats or news in between sprinkle it in between and then top plays and then that's it. So everything's pre, uh, post-produced. So like during the games, we'll start pulling highlights. We'll start trying to frame the story, how we want to, how we want our on-air talent to share it. And then they go into taping about an hour before we clock out. And then we have an, another editor who stays later and he stitches it all together, send it out in the morning And it gets gets into Quibi by the morning. So,
2: yeah, Arthur, I'm not super familiar with Quibi, other than that, I know that it's like a short, like it's a streaming platform, Mm -hmm. and it's typically shorter videos. So, can how did you get into that segment at ESPN, um, and how popular is is that becoming as a form of you know consuming sports content?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a for Quibi. Yeah, it's a very new thing. It launched back in April. Prior to April, you know, we were just find like brainstorming a lot of ideas of how we wanted to share stories we weren't really expecting covid to hit but luckily we added like an extra month a a few weeks to you know really start brainstorming ideas but so our espn quibi show is like the premiere recap show of the night so if you wanted to just kind of catch up with the big storylines of the night uh you check us out you know it's like five minutes or less you just be like walking down the street walking to the store or something watching it or listening to it so
0: yeah yeah it's got to be crazy i mean you've been out of college for two two and a half years and you're already working on a platform that didn't exist when you graduated
1: yeah it's like it's weird to think about um (laughs) i definitely was not expecting that part uh, but it's been a lot of fun just learning about the industry and how media is always changing stories the way we tell stories are always changing the way that we consume content nowadays it's like hey you know we really just want short form content but you know it's still a very big part of it because it's like i mean it's great to see that sports is also always going to be there just because it's like oh hey you know i want to watch a highlight how can i get them get the gist of the story or like the story in the least amount of time does that make sense
0: yeah, pe- people don't always want to sit through two hour radio shows. <laughs> that out. What is your dream job? If you could work up the ladder and do anything.
1: Yeah. I've always wanted to work for ESPN. So being a part of the ESPN family right now is just amazing. And it's still like crazy to think about, um, especially with the people that have helped me get to where I'm at. Um, but yeah, you know, like ideally, that's always such a interesting question to ask me too, just cause like, there's so many things I always wanted to do. Um, I think my dream has always been to be like a play by play announcer. You know, that's that's always been my one of my
0: dreams. Kind of kind of a follow-up to that. How before you worked at ESPN you were freelancing and you're doing mm-hmm. like twelve different things where you're doing a little bit of play by play, a little photography, a little videography. Now you're at a job where you you pretty much do one thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. So how much of an adjustment is that? Cause if you're a person, like you said, there's a lot of things you want to do. And especially if you've learned a lot of different skills, there's value to that in some places. So what's the biggest adjustment like being freelance and wondering what you're going to do every day to having that, that steady job with that one task that you know you're doing?
2: Yeah, I would
1: probably say, I mean, there's always something to be learned, you know, right now with, um, what I'm doing is it's amazing, you know, just because, especially with like the start of COVID, I was like trying to figure out what there is to do, you know, how can I learn new skills? So a lot of uh, YouTube uh, University for sure, you know, free free classes out on there on like Photoshop or Premiere. Getting, you know, trying to work on new skills is <laughs> definitely very different. And instead of being from place to place, you know, I'm sitting at a desk um, for eight-hour shifts, you know, but it's great to still be able to watch sports, talk sports and hang out with my coworkers.
2: Arthur, who do you interact with on a daily basis at work? And have you like ever ran into any of the big name talent there on the, the ESPN campus at all?
1: Um. So yeah, I interact mainly with just like my coworkers. The office is still very much empty, you know, just because most people in our floor are working for social media. So they're all remote talent-wise. Yeah, we have our very own talent as well. Um, two Sports Center anchors, Nabil and Ashley Brewer. Both of them very, very talented and have been in the sports industry for a while. So just being able to kind of pick their brains and also hear their stories has been great. You know, because Ashley's from LA as well. She worked with ABC, did a lot of you know Bachelorette stuff, Bachelor stuff, and also sports. And then Nabil, he's he worked at TSN. And then ended up here at ESPN. So, you know, seeing how Canada does their coverage is also really interesting to kind of hear hear from him. Haven't really seen much. I saw SVP on campus a few times before he left DC to start his show. But other than that, you know, it's been pretty quiet. You know, most most people are slowly coming back into the office um, within the past two months. But in the beginning, it was, it was a lot of, you know, work from home. So it's just our team that we saw.
0: Uh, well, there's been there's been a lot of L.A. sports. I mean, LA, L.A. has dominated the pro sports news lately, and I know we've already established you're an L.A. guy, you're a big NBA guy. So you have to be a pretty happy guy right now. Uh, with <laughs> the Lakers winning their, their uh, 17th, right? Yeah, 17th. 17th title. They're now tied with the Celtics. Uh, What was your biggest reaction to that series and and the season overall, a season unlike any we've ever seen?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was uh, definitely very emotional, of course. Like, I think everybody remembers that exact moment, you know, Kobe passed away, like where they were, who they were with, because I certainly do remember that. So, you know, it's definitely a very emotional season for anyone that's from L.A. or just a, a Kobe head, like everyone felt it, you know. It didn't matter if you weren't even the biggest sports fan, if you knew Kobe or like everyone's heard of Kobe, just watching the whole season go down, you know, like from going from like the most dominant weekend that the Lakers had in March, you know, where they beat the bucks and the Clippers. And then this, all of a sudden the season stopped and it's just like, Oh shoot, what's, what's going to happen next. And then for the next few months, it was just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. And the bubble finally came by at first, like in that, in those like seating games, they'd, they weren't the best team. So I was like, oh man, the first round matchups, you know, hearing a lot of people say about the matchups, it's like, oh, you know, the Portland Trailblazers are going to be the best eighth team. And I was honestly, it was pretty nervous about that too. I was like, man, like Dame and CJ, those guys are ballers, you know? So that was a very scary first round matchup, but you know, (laughs) LeBron does LeBron things, you know, the Lakers did their thing throughout the whole playoffs, uh, kind of quenching the fires of some of the hottest teams in the league in that sense. And, you know, when they face the Heat, you know, I'm a very big Jimmy Butler dude. Uh, My brother was a huge Bulls guy. So he kind of got me into that Jimmy Butler fan club. (laughs) So it was really interesting to watch him as a player grow as the leader for the Miami Heat. So I was like, man, I love Jimmy, but I got to stick with my Lakers. But it's like really weird to see that the Lakers are the world champions after, you know, multiple because like the last time the lakers won the title was when i was in middle school so <laughs> yeah you know overall really great season you know shout out to the nba for putting that bubble up because <laughs> that bubble worked that bubble works <laughs> so well
0: don't, don't act like you've been waiting a crazy long time because i know, a, i can't i can't i can't I compare a, with you, yeah uh, it <laughs> since, since i was in elementary school okay mm-hmm. so uh, yeah <laughs> a, we get really spoiled out here yeah yeah, yeah. but but to be fair, there were a lot of Laker fans uh, in the, the time of Kobe. There are a lot mm-hmm. of Laker fans now in the time of LeBron, mm-hmm. and in between wasn't very pretty. But um, mm-hmm. I, I know you're a person who never jumped off off the bandwagon. You you followed the team through those years. So as somebody who watched all those years of uh, maybe tough to watch Lakers basketball. Uh, you know what what do you remember from that time and how how do how do you like look back on the whole journey of cuz obviously you remember when the lakers won mm-hmm. with kobe and pau in middle school and mm-hmm. you you have being in la and being the basketball fan that you are you have a better perspective than most on what the entire journey's been like to get mm-hmm. to become champions again
1: yeah that definitely like those trying years you know those were like the late later end years of my high school career and also you know throughout college and whatnot so i think those were the pivotal years that kind of helped me become a bigger basketball fan it's so not just a bigger laker fan but also just a bigger basketball fan you know just getting more and more appreciation of the teams that are in and, you know, like researching players and whatnot. I mean, watching a lot of other teams too in the middle of it and say, Oh, you know, I watch the Warriors, you know, even though I don't really like the Warriors, I'll just watch them just because of the way they play basketball or the Spurs. I don't know if anyone has ever said that, but (laughs) um, you know, but just really growing that appreciation of basketball was something that I really enjoyed during that time. You know, still watch the Lakers basketball of course, but you know, definitely some trying times like, you know, Kobe wasn't the same. Um, but going off for sixty was amazing. You know, I remember watching that with uh my sophomore year with a few of my pepperdine like housemates. And like we they all we all Laker fans or you know, we had one housemate. I think he was he was kind of like he was a Timberwolves fan. So he was like, hey, Okay, I'll just I'll just watch it with you guys. But like I remember at the end of the night, like people were crying. She's like, Oh man, Kobe's career is already really over. It's like, man, this is like crazy to think about. Definitely, some interesting players to be that were on the team. Shout out my boy Jeremy Lin. But yeah, it definitely grew helped me grow appreciation of basketball overall.
2: Yeah, and Arthur, I mean, there was criticism of LeBron for coming to LA, um, but he gets the job done and wins a title with the third franchise. Do you (laughs) feel that LA and LA sports fans have embraced LeBron as as a superstar and Lakers great with bringing them this title, like? maybe not to the degree of Kobe, but have, there was some, there was a lot of criticism of LeBron last year. And do you think that he's kind of validated himself now with, with getting this, this win?
1: Yeah, I think it definitely cements his, you know, securing that championship as a Laker. It's like, Oh, you know, definitely grow to like a huge appreciation as a fan base, you know, cause when you win titles, that's as a Laker, as long as you win a title, you're going to be loved. Even when LeBron signed, with the Lakers, I was at the Drew League. You know, that was a huge moment. Drew League is very much LA, LA basketball at its core. And the news broke out, and everyone was just like, so you just hear the rumbles of around the, the little high school gym. It's like, oh shoot, LeBron signed. Oh shoot, LeBron signed. Oh my gosh, so he, he's a Laker. Like, that's weird to think about because for so long, you know, LeBron and Kobe was always the debate. Um, especially for a lot of LA people like myself. I remember the PA announcer, he's like, LeBron is Laker. LeBron is Laker. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like he's a Laker. And to think about, you know, with LeBron's resume of him winning or being in the finals almost every year, you know, it's it was kind of like a huge refresher and like kind of wake up call. It's like, oh shoot, we actually might end this drought. I mean, ultimately the first year ended up not going as well as we thought it would be. But, you know, for this year, it was just like, whoa, this is, it's like Kobe and then now LeBron, you know, kind of bridging the gap together.
0: Just, just with the time that we have left, Arthur, I want to talk a little bit of baseball, mm-hmm. uh, just a bit, because uh, the Dodgers, they obviously won that thrilling Game 7 against the Atlanta Braves. They're about to face the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. Uh, they've really, uh, really has been the two best teams in baseball all year, and they're both built with depth, analytics, and bullpen arms in mind. Uh so as an LA guy, what was it like watching that game and and just kind of the vibe you've gotten from the season and really the past five years uh of of the Dodgers of being so close and maybe this is the year they get over the hump. Yeah.
1: I mean knowing like yeah for the Dodgers, you know, it's like it's a very tough relationship to be in. But I mean, compared to a lot of other teams, you know, like we're very still very fortunate to be in the playoffs every year, but
0: don't, it's just, don't say it's been a long time. I know, time. so yeah, I, like make, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, can't out, I realize like, <laughs> Don't make me pull out my Mariners stats, Arthur.
1: I know, Jackson and I it. always had those conversations too, man. So, like, I'm like, wait, hold up, I can't really, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, for this, looking for this World Series first, you know, I'm very excited about it just because it's the two best teams in baseball, also, like, the whole payroll thing you know it's a lot of storylines going in of course you know uh, but very excited about it you know hopefully they can put on for the city of LA just like the Lakers did it's also really interesting just because of like the whole shortened season yeah like expanded playoffs you know how the Astros really dominated (laughs) through the playoffs by even getting a lick of the playoffs when they had the worst record ever to clinch a spot so you know it's it was really interesting seeing all that
0: I think it's really interesting that this was, as you said, the most expanded playoff field in baseball history, and we still ended up with the two best teams. It was like this is a year, if ever there was going to be a year for chaos in baseball, it it would be this year. But we did get the two teams uh, with the best records in the league at the end of the day. It's also funny that, uh, you know, the Rays and the Dodgers are battling, But it's also a battle between Tampa Bay and L.A. for COVID supremacy because the Tampa (laughs) Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. L.A. Lakers won the NBA Finals. This is the tiebreaker right here.
2: Right, and we've we've talked about the expanded playoffs before, and we mentioned that, you know, I like it for this year, not necessarily for future years. We almost had chaos. I think it would have been pretty chaotic if the Astros had made the World Series of the losing record in the regular season, and I'm probably not the only one who's glad that they didn't. But, yeah, you mentioned the payroll. It's just interesting that, like, similar teams, both have great starting pitching, great bullpens. Dodgers probably have the uh, advantage uh, offensively, but very different, you know, the Braves are small market, Uh, They haven't been to the World Series since they made it in 2008, which was the only time in franchise history versus this is the Dodgers' third time in four years. Um, Yet the Rays are, you know, they're they're a winning franchise. They do it with analytics and with a low payroll. They're like the fifth best team in overall record since they made that World Series in 2008. Um, But a team with like very few star players, like your casual baseball player, is going to be able to name a lot more Dodgers guys than they're able to name Rays guys. Uh, So I would say the Dodgers are a big favorite coming in, but you know, it's the first neutral site world series too. So it's going to be interesting. I think they had a lot of fans in Texas for the NLCS. So I'm guessing that will be the same way in the world series. They might actually have the advantage in terms of that, but you know, there's only 10 or so thousand fans in that stadium. So, so many storylines and should be really exciting.
0: Arthur, we are about out of time, but Mm -hmm. we want to thank you for coming. But for the last, last question, just as, the creator and the founder of Sports Waves. What, uh, what advice do you have for us moving forward?
1: You know, first and foremost, I'd love to thank you guys for having me on again. And, uh, you know, Paxson, it's great to talk to you. Uh, great to be able to, you know, like reminisce about our year of doing Sports Waves and just working together. And Carl is, you know, you keep doing amazing work as the editor of the graphic. And both of you guys, you know, just continue to keep doing great work. Don't be afraid to pick up new things along the way. I'm glad you guys are still able to, to do this podcast and be able to connect with the people in the sports, in the
0: sports world. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. For more info on this podcast and to hear about upcoming episodes, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SportsWavesPod, pod and to keep up with the other podcasts, breaking news and more from the graphic, Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at PepGraphic or visit pepperdine-graphic.com.